about your goals for 2020. Yes. And if it's a racing goal, let me remind you that coming up with a racing goal doesn't just mean, okay, this is what I'm going to focus on swimming, biking, and running. You also need to focus on what else are you going to do in your life to maintain that, that incredible balance that you need, mind, body, and spirit to lead to you getting that result that you hope for in that A race of yours. What are the things that you can do outside of the swimming, biking, and running that can make an enormous difference on race day to allow you to achieve that dream or goal? Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Hi there, Cam here from Team Sirius. This week on the live chat, Beck and Siri are going to talk about your goals for 2020, not just in triathlon, but in life. And don't forget, if you want to be part of these chats live, you can join the Tri Club at TeamSiriusTriClub.com. Hello. Hi, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy Eve. New Year. And this is not wine. No, this is tart cherry juice. Tart cherry with Organic bear. tart cherry juice with sparkling water. This is our new um, cocktail it's that new we have wine. now. It looks like wine. So. Organic tart cherry. Um, tell people what's good about that, Beck. Okay, so the tart cherry um, is really good for melatonin. It actually helps you sleep. But tart cherry is also really good for inflammation, and it's meant to help people with autoimmune sort of stuff going on. So for Siri, I've been reading a lot about the tart in berries, not just normal berries, obviously great um, antioxidants, but um, the tart cherry in particular is a really good antioxidant. Beck has become an absolute expert. It's in not an expert. Cancer I would not say fighting. That. I'm a triathlon foods. expert. I'm not. A well, <laughs> she's a triathlon expert too. She actually really is. She has come up with. Um, she's studying Hi, all Janet. the very best uh, Hi, people that know about cancer fighting foods and how to um, reduce inflammation. All these things. So, if you have any questions on that tonight, move please over. Ask. Big Pharma is all I can say. Um, yeah. If you want to see a really good uh, TED talk, there's Dr. Lee Li. The latest one has like six million views in the last few days, and he talks about how foods can heal cancer. We all know this, but actually seeing the literature and the the PubMed studies and the the st- the case law behind it, it's really exciting. And it's yeah, not just cancer fighting guys, but it's also um, inflammation. Mm-hmm. Which for those of you that have any issues racing um, with your gut, I mean, all of this stuff, this and information, those issues is uh, incredible. So look that mm-hmm. up and listen to that TED talk. It's amazing, but this can help athletes and people um, suffering from disease as well. And so. all, most of all, like ninety percent of autoimmune is caused by some caused by some sort of like uh, inflammation or microbiome dysbiosis. So. Oh, why is my sister ringing me? Um, So tonight, guys, seeing that it's New Year's Eve, I was thinking that we should all talk about and feel free to write on the wall about your goals for 2020. Yes. And if it's a racing goal, let me remind you that coming up with a racing goal doesn't just mean, okay, this is what I'm going to focus on swimming, biking, and running. You also need to focus on what else are you going to do in your life to maintain that that incredible balance that you need mind body and spirit to lead to you getting that result that you hope for in that a race of yours what are the things that you can do outside of the swimming biking and running that can make an enormous difference 
on race day to allow you to achieve that dream or goal. Yep. And we can talk about ours too. I mean, obviously ours aren't all related to triathlon. We have some personal ones. But I know some of you guys will definitely have questions coming into the 2020 season. And our approach and our philosophies, um, they don't really change with the sport. But I think we've definitely grown with um, how much we've learned with, well, even seeing my wife going through this with just the, the mindset and how positive mindset is everything. Um, and just what you can focus on and controlling what you can focus on. So I know some of you also are going through your own like issues with health. And I think hopefully 2020 is Siri's biggest triumph and biggest victory ever. And um, I know she'll be able to share that with everybody. But yeah, let us know if you have any questions, you guys, because we are sitting here on New Year's Eve and obviously we're in quarantine. We're not allowed out of the house. <laughs> um, Siri's white count is so low that her immune system's really shot. So we can't go anywhere. So we thought, how cool is it that we've got still got we like get 10 to athletes. all of you. This 10 is athletes like are actually on listening. Best on New, New Year's yeah. ever to be here with all of you. So, Beck, let's start. And our tribe community has been incredibly Incredible. You, you guys, guys absolutely I amazing. cannot... Thank you all enough for, I'm telling you that uh, my ultimate goal, of course, is not only healing, but being permanently healed. And I know that the love and support and encouragement and words from all of you is going to be such a huge part in that. And when it's time for me to go into hospital for a month, um, Beck is helping me put all your notes and all your... Um, words of encouragement and all your love and we're going to put it up all over the walls of my hospital room. We probably have like, I don't know, a thousand or so. So I may not be able to print them all but we do have like, I was at least four. Oh, sorry. I've got to find the questions on here. It's like, my eyesight's going with, yeah, we hit 40. I can't see very well. So I've got to look at these questions. So we have one here. Janet Dixon. Now, Janet, I love that picture of you with your belief sweater oh, yeah, and your Janet, doggy. Thank you. Oh, my God. It it's a golden lab, I think. Oh, we love it. Thank you so much. It made me so happy. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. 70.3 Texas, Ironman Tulsa, Boulder 70.3, and maybe Ironman Cosable. Wow. And she's going to do more strength training and dedicate more time to family and celebrate every day. Janet, moving forward, amazing, oh, that's beautiful, that's absolutely awesome. So, goal to finish the first seventy point three. Oh, that's awesome, awesome. So, in listing those races as your ultimate goals, how can you organize your season so that each of those days is an awesome experience where you achieve what you hope to achieve? What are the things that you need to do or lay out to make sure that all of those days are amazing days, no matter the the result? Part of what I think you can start thinking about in the new year, things like, okay, are you comfortable on your bike? Do you love your bike setup? Is it a setup where for me as an athlete, I didn't have the best, most aerodynamic position on my bike, but I was so comfortable that I could tap into all the power inside of me because I was comfortable. So are you comfortable in your bike setup? Are you comfortable with the goggles you wear? Are you comfortable with the run shoes that you wear? Are you comfortable with your race kit? Because I know that a lot of people have chafe and a lot of issues with stitching. So look for a kit that has less stitching and just try it out in training. Like sometimes you have to go through five or six different nicks to see which ones suit you. But all these things, start thinking about these things now so that you have everything. When you start your training going into this upcoming season, you've got a bike that you're comfortable on, you feel powerful on, you love your your swim goggles, you love your swimsuit, you love the paddles you use to train with, you feel like they're making you stronger, you've got your band ready to go for the pool, you've got 
the run shoes that you love, and you've got all of this sorted, your, your race kit, you've got all of that sorted. So all you need to focus on is not only doing the training that's gonna bring out the best in you in all three sports, but you can also focus on your family and focus on being your best self and focus on healthy eating and nutrition and drinking lots of water and squeezing lemon in your water all the time and staying healthy, all those things. So when we lay out these goals, we also want to have a strategy of how am I gonna go about making that happen rather than just wishing great things to happen. What are my steps that I'm gonna take uh, to ensure that I make all of these experiences as awesome as we know that they can be for you. I want to quickly say hi to Gabby, hi to Laverne, hi Karen Burks, and hi Patricia Well. Hi everyone, we love on. you all so much. Happy New Year. So we talked about, in one of our last shows, I think it was the second last one, about um, off-season and how you guys, how you prepare your guys. And basically it was like two weeks of nothing. I don't know if I've got this right. Then it was a week of... Okay, let me take this. Let's go through so, it. Yeah, let's go through it again real for quick. my athletes, typically. And everybody... I just want to show people that I've got to eat because I'm starving. I haven't eaten all day. This is what we're eating. These are salsa chips. That's what she's eating right now. You're allowed to eat them, aren't you? Yeah. And they're, they're grain-free and they're organic, so... Yeah. Can't be organic, bad. guys. Go organic <laughs> if you can. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so with my athletes, and it depends, there might be a different situation for a different athlete because all of you are so unique, but two weeks off completely... I want, after one week off completely, my athletes begging me to let them train. And, and they I are, say, trust me. No, you can't. No, they're not training. No, oh, no. they're begging my me ba- to train. My athletes beg me after one yeah, week right. and they all work full time. It's just crazy. And my athletes have learned to really embrace the two weeks off because they know it's coming. And I've encouraged them to embrace it. And it's a great time to spend lots of time with your family, you know, get ready for the holidays, take care of, you know, journaling and do all the things that you never really have a lot of time to do. So I want them by after one week for to be begging to let to begging me to let them train again. But the answer is always no. And then they kind of settle in for that second week. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it gives you a complete reset, both physically, mentally, emotionally. It puts you in balance at home. And it's just so incredible. After that, we do anywhere from two to four weeks of one thing a day. So just one physical thing a day. Two weeks of that is absolutely no swim, bike, or run. How long after? The, how long can they train after the two I weeks? say usually an hour to an hour and a half maximum, and that can be a yoga class, a Pilates class, a Zumba class. Oh, I they mean, can't do swim, bike, run? No swim, bike, run. Mm-hmm. Mary Carmen was amazing at this this year. I was so proud of you, MC. Sure. Actually, all my athletes have been amazing at this. So Megan, Mary Carmen... Um, Mary Carmen uh, just went skiing for five hours. Monica, doing all different types of classes that you would never do that's active and physical, but it's not swimming, it's not biking, it's not running. So by now, this is four weeks in, they are desperate to swim, bike, and run again, which is what we want. We want you to remember why you love triathlon. Why, my God, you actually miss going to the pool? Well, you were just saying a month ago that you hated it and you were finding it so hard to get motivated to swim. Whatever it is, this will get you, it will reconnect you with your love, your passion for the sport, which is so important. Mm-hmm. So that's four weeks in. Then we go into four weeks. That's when my guys stop training, but Siri yeah. has, yeah. So we're just doing, we're cross-country skiing, we're snowshoeing, we're downhill skiing, we're doing all sorts of other things, staying physical, one thing a day, seven days a week, have fun, enjoy it, just enjoy being fit. Then we go into anywhere from two to four weeks of five days a week of training. 
The other two days are completely off, completely off. And what I do is I give five days to my athletes, five days of getting back into the swimming, the biking, the running. And those days have to be followed in order. So I'll do a swim and a bike on day one. I'll do a bike and a run on day two. I'll maybe do a swim and a run day three, a long ride, and then a long run. And the athlete can then, wherever they feel like they want that day off, they can slot it in. They just have to make sure that they go on to the next day of training. Does that make sense? Then from there, we're into full-on training. That's Usually, weeks. Um, no, that's actually two, four, anywhere from six to eight weeks. Okay. And then, don't freak out, my guys. Remember, these guys train forty hours a week, so they need they need this physically break. need more rest, and you guys mentally do. But I know that also that it's your escape from work so it's a little bit of a, a tweak for us yeah we, we do maximum two weeks off and then two weeks eat pretty easy and that's what i'm saying it's unique to the athlete it's unique to the person it's unique to the situation mm -hmm. and i take that into account i know beck does too like mm -hmm. what does this human being need mm -hmm. right now melissa was really going crazy after just even one week uh, two weeks off so i said okay we'll, we negotiated a third week where she could start on week three so yeah, okay. it's all individual. It's all unique. It's all individual. It keeps her sane. Um, from there, we usually go into a swim block, um, or if someone really wants to build up their run, we'll go into a run block or a bike block or whatever it is. But the swim block is pretty. Um, I give that to mostly everyone because swimming is an un unbelievable way of getting aerobically fit, and that aerobic fitness translates beautifully over to the bike and the run. And any of my athletes on here that have been through the swim block before, if you could share, I know you always worried like, oh my God, I'm not doing any biking, any running. I'm going to be so awful when I get back. And then you get back to the biking and the running and you're always amazed at how great you feel biking and running, even though you haven't done much of it. And that is the power of the swim. Plus we all could work on confidence and strength in the swim because if you have an amazing swim where you can swim fast and you can swim strong and it doesn't take everything out of you you can then really step up to the bike and the run and lay out everything you have mm. your turn Whew. okay well i'm gonna um go into the question here because maria asked where are we oh no oh merle so oh hi merle nick is that how you say it merle nilk is it l n i i can't see very well i think it's Merle, but I can't see your last name. I'm sorry, Merle. I can't see your last name. I love that How much name. do you recommend? I'm going to answer this one then, Siri Kim. How much do you recommend lifting heavy for women? I've seen it and recommended a lot lately. Okay. So my perspective on weight training has changed a little bit only from looking at a lot of case studies and a lot of um, recent research on women like menopausal mostly or sort of post 40, 45. I say menopausal post 40 because I'm going through menopause at 40. I'll admit that. Ha ha. Um, Woohoo. Um, but menopausal women and women that are starting to go through menopause and then post menopause, I think lifting is really important. Um, added to what we already always, our philosophy is strength, sport specific strength training on the swim and the bike and the run, which Siri will go through. But um, after researching a lot on this, I really feel like, especially women and men for their testosterone, um, in the off season is a good time. It's really hard to do it in season because you're completely fatigued and it does 
it does uh, cause more microfibril tears in your muscle. So you will have DOMS delayed on set muscle soreness and you will be a little bit sore, especially the first few times. So I don't recommend heavy lifting in season at all. But right now, um, with all the research I've been looking at, I really do think that women can do two things. They can do um, in the off season. One would be what you would call going to fatigue once a week on compound movements. Um, if you're doing the mobility and stability is a no-brainer, we always recommend that. One-legged stuff, glute activation, and a lot of core work. But I think um, doing some sort of fatigue with, whether it's um, you know a, a weighted lunge on both legs, but again, you've got to be, again, you've got to be careful. Like they recommend plyometrics as well, but we can't always do plyometrics because of injury. So I think going to fatigue with a pretty moderate weight on, on the legs uh, on the, and then on the upper body with compound movements is the safest way if you're doing your mobility with stability work as well. But I would not go into a heavy compound movement if you haven't laid down the foundation of like my guys do three months of mobility, stability before they go even go in there. You want all the little synergists, all the little assisters, all of those firing. You want perfect technique. I would recommend having someone look at your technique yes. before you go heavy. But Right now, like if you've been doing that stuff in season and you don't have niggles and you have great form and you know your technique, I would say you could do to fatigue once a week on upper body and lower body. So you just do a lat pull down, a seated row, a chest press um, and a a V-squat or a lunge or even better, a leg press. And if you're near Osteo Strong, you don't even need to do that. You just go to Osteo Strong and that would be Maria Hill because I know you're near there. You don't even Amazing. need to lift. You just go yeah. to Osteo Strong. It does exact same thing Amazing. with no soreness in three minutes. And it has exact same, if not better, actually probably better benefits than weightlifting. So Osteo Strong would be my first recommendation. Yeah. But too. the second time you could do something that's called a drop set where you would go 16, 12, 8, 4. You start with a light weight. Then you um, go a little heavier each time, 12 reps eight reps, four reps. But the thing is you have to have that foundation built. So I don't recommend that to anyone that's not already gone through a stability and mobility and has been doing some sort of lifting and has great form. So that's where Siri comes in and her her belief, and I think that's more I would aim, the heavier stuff is I think really good for people, menopausal women who are losing muscle mass really quickly and male with low testosterone that has trouble with, yes. with muscle mass as well. And that gets to the 50, 60 year olds. But but we have the sports specific strength has always been something we harp on when you're sort of, if you're not going through menopause or you haven't gone through it, I think everyone should be doing sports specific strength work and that's all our programs are based on and it's only because my entire career i never did any strength training whatsoever except for sports specific strength training which i'll get to plus i was witness to probably 10 other world champion athletes in whether it be ironman or half ironman or olympic distance that i trained with and none of us were doing that uh heavy weight lifting or strength training. We were doing yeah. mobility work and we were doing the sports specific strength, which is basically running hills, okay? Amazing, building strength in the muscles exactly the way you're gonna use them, running. On the bike, big gear work was massive for us. We did so much of that, hill reps, hill reps in a big gear. You've gotta work up to that. You've gotta work up to adding more resistance. Don't you know, go in your hardest gear up the steepest hill on your first try here, but build up your strength by being in the position on your bike that you're going to be racing in and uh, doing hill reps in that position, really focusing on pushing down on the pedal, pulling up on the pedal, getting power all around the pedal strokes. It's incredible. There's a thing called power cranks, which I always used with Mirinda. That is gold. 
So if you can look those up, if, if Frank Day is still selling these, <laughs> they're actually they're really gold. good, but they're so hard. But they talk are... to them about um, activation of the glute meat and the glute for the pushing through the big okay, toe. Okay, so when you're doing big gear work, push through your big toe, and that is going to activate your glute. So a lot of it doesn't us, mean pointing your toes. No, you it doesn't mean pointing. Keep your heel flat, but really mentally feel your power going it through works. your big toe. Mm-hmm. That will activate your glute. It's so powerful, and if you keep your focus on that, you will always ensure that you're using your glutes, which is your biggest cycling muscle. We want to use our glutes. Um, mm-hmm. Some other things that you can think about mentally is as you're pushing down, you want to, or as you're coming over the top of your pedal stroke. Feel your toes hitting the front of your shoe so that you're really powering over the top of that pedal stroke. Then push down through your big toe. Then feel your heel come up against the back of your shoe so that you really get power around the bottom uh, curve of your pedal stroke. And then pull up on the shoe to get that pull up. That way you're going to have this even stroke. So what the power cranks do is there two cranks that are both they just hang down hanging down mm-hmm. so in order to get the pedals going round and round you truly have to have an absolutely perfect stroke where you are not releasing power at any point of the pedal stroke it's brilliant but it's miserable um getting used to it you start on Didn't the wind really trainer with her uh, it made her so strong it was unbelievable yeah. i don't even know if frank day sells them anymore but they're brilliant if you want to look them well, up they call power cranks power cranks mm-hmm. um don't share that outside of this group, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but sports specific is big gear, hill reps on the bike, and really focusing on perfect form. Okay, for somebody who's never, ever done big gear work. And when we say big gear, we don't just mean put it into big gear and do 80, 90 cadence. No. Like big gear, it really is sort of below 70. 75 if you're prone to niggles with your knees or hamstrings or butt. You could start at that. But 70 is usually a good number to start at. And then usually we say like say 15 by 1 minutes at 70. And then you can go down to 65, 60, eventually 55, 50. And we were doing sessions, I remember. What was that? What was that? We were getting was down to like LA, um, LA Mandeville Canyon. And you know that other one that was really yeah, high? Yeah, Mandeville Canyon. And Luke, um, different road. Luke McKenzie, who's one of like the top 40, cyclists in the sport. 40 cadence. We would get to the top and it got so steep. It was just like a wall. And he'd be in his hardest gear and he was literally holding like 30 cadence and crisscrossing to make it to the top but that year he had i believe the first or second fastest bikes with in kona so you build up to that but like beck says you don't want to start lower than say 70 cadence and then you start adding gears as you get adjusted to this and eventually you, you start doing these big gear efforts at like 60 cadence most of my athletes are 60 some of them can get down to like 50 with no issues at all, but that is the single most amazing way to build strength for the bike. It is brilliant. And, and that's why bike setup is so important in the off-season, getting the yeah. good, good feel and good setup. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Running hills on the run, and then in the pool, of course, we've got the band, we've got the pull buoy, we've got the eeny buoy that band. we fill, we've got paddles band. What I love about paddles do band, some of that this weekend. We're going to do a ton of Woo! that this weekend. You have a band, you have no pull buoy, and paddles because what I find is that when people use paddles they often use them because they love it because they go faster because they're pulling more water and they go faster with less effort that's not what paddles should be paddles should actually feel so much harder paddles should be that you are maintaining your stroke rate 
and pulling double the water that you normally would and finishing your stroke all the way out the back, which is just gonna really burn those triceps. And the band forces you to do that. The you band is gonna make it so hard. Rate. You've got to have a fast stroke rate to keep your legs afloat. You've got to have a powerful finish out the back of your stroke. When you put all that together, that is, I think that that was one of the best things I ever created because that was making everybody so strong while maintaining their stroke rate. It was, it was awesome. So let's give them an example for guys that have never done strength training on the run. And if you're doing like undulations and you're running on hilly courses and outdoors through the mountains and stuff, that's a form of strength training too. But for you guys that like who live in Florida, that's dead flat. Like let's give them an example of what their first kind of feel for a strength training like run session would be on the treadmill because we have some okay. amazing and then we could give them an amazing key set that's one of our favorite because we're on this private live chat so people aren't going to hear it but um one of our amazing key sets that you love um i'll start with just the basics of like winter strength building would be getting on if you've got a 40 minute run on the treadmill on your training plan you know, every five minutes start building up the incline and just have it be. So what I'll do with my athletes is I'll drop them at the bottom of left-hand canyon and have them run 12 miles up. So it's just straight up. It's just a constant uphill run where you're focusing on perfect uphill run form. You're building that strength. We do not run back down because that's really dangerous and it can lead to you know, it, that that's just, it's not good. A lot of people break on the downhill mm. and that creates, you know, and problems in your... And dangerous too. Yeah, it's just dangerous. <laughs> so what I do is they run up 12 miles, I pick them up in the car, I drive them home. Um, so to do that or on she the drives treadmill, past and says, see you later. No, I would never do that. <laughs> you have but, done that. <laughs> but uh, maybe, maybe to you. Uh. I'm sorry. Um, but what I would do is get on the treadmill and keep increasing the incline where you're doing a 40-minute gradual climb. So you'd go That's like 2%, 3%, 4%, and then you could finish off at like 8 10% for the last Absolutely. couple of minutes. It's great. Yeah. It's a great Absolutely. Way to do it. But no running downhill. Yeah. From there, you know, do a little warm-up on the flat. Do your 30 minutes of gradual incline um, for 30 minutes and then okay. five minutes on the flat and there's your 40 minute run where you're building strength and focusing on perfect uphill run form which is so crucial and energy saving it allows you to get up those hills with a lot less effort and a lot quicker as well okay what about a really cool incline run set that they could do if they're used to running hills they're strong they don't have coffee gradient issues. set like, let's we, tell yeah them. let's tell you guys a gradient set this is a kicker like you need to tell them because i always forget okay. it and get it wrong this is a so killer the gradient set, set you want to do a decent warm-up super easy because once you start the set i'm going to ask you to be holding it's not about speed though it's not about speed but you're at a strong enough effort where these inclines are going to be really Can I difficult. Add something? Yeah. So if you're warming up at say six miles an hour, I would not recommend doing more than seven miles an hour. If you warm up at five miles an hour, I wouldn't want to have it set from but for more than six miles an hour. So about one mile an hour above your warm up because it gets so hard. You'll think, oh, this is easy, but the idea is to not change the speed. Yeah. So right. once the set starts, you sit at that speed unless it's too easy, of course. But you sit high. at that speed for the whole time, but that's the goal. So yeah. usually it's not more than one mile above your easy warm-up pace. And it's three sets through for my guys. You can do one set through, two sets. Three sets. We do three that's sets. an hour 20. Yeah. We do one minute at 10% incline and then five minutes flat. And oh my God, that flat feels so good for five minutes. Then you go two minutes at either seven or 8%. 
five minutes flat. The flat feels so good. Then you do three minutes at 6% incline, five minutes flat. That is one set. So then you go to the second set. And again, you are not changing the speed. So like Beck says, if you warmed up at six miles an hour, the you're doing The best I did set. of that was 8.6, but I know you used to run it at 9.3. No, I, I think I, nine. I used to do it at 8.7 to 9 no, for that, that set. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's an amazing set. And know that when you're just suffering on the incline bit, you get that relief of coming back down to 0% and it feels amazing. And you actually feel like it, it starts almost feeling yeah, it feels easy. easy. But um, then you go again. So that three times through is like an hour 20, but you can do it two times through, you can do it one time through, but it's an amazing set. And that, what that does, which is so crucial, you guys, so many of us when we're running a rolling hills course, we we will slow down significantly anytime we get to an uphill or anytime you get to a downhill even. The ultimate goal of you running your best 5K, your best 10K, your best 21K, your best marathon is being able to maintain your pace no matter what's happening on the course. And that comes from great form. Uphill run form is leaning forward, landing beneath your hips, pumping the arms, quick feet, little feet, quick feet, little feet, quick feet, little feet maintaining great form and also being able to withstand the change in heart rate that's going to come from having to maintain that pace going uphill maintain it coming downhill and then on the flat mm -hmm. it's a brilliant brilliant set we've used it for so many years and it i always knew when i nailed that set that me i was too. ready to have a great race me too because it does it does improve your like high end aerobic as well because your heart rate's pretty elevated during the yeah. entire time it doesn't really recover yeah. well as you get fitter you're able to do it a little faster so your recovery's not yeah. quite as good exactly but, yeah so you can increase it as you get fitter increase the speed um there's some really good questions here so meryl is asking um she, um she's doing like placid um, it's a hilly uh, bike course, and I, I know how hilly Placid is, and there are definitely times where you cannot be in your aero bars. Yeah. Um, and she's asking whether we do um, big gear seated and in the TT bars, and yes, that we do do yes. both. Um, ideally, that so the difference is when you're in your time trial bars, you're doing strength, sport-specific strength work, so the low cadence, you're just conditioning the muscles in the time trial position, but it is actually very true that you do want to condition them in the seated position too, but generally with most bike courses in Ironman, they don't have a lot of time where you're grinding in your seat. You know, usually you can stay in your TT or it's up and over and there's not like, it's not like Alpe d'Huez, you know, where you're sitting there grinding in your seat for like two or three hours, but you definitely do need to practice big gear seated Absolutely. as well. So how would she Absolutely. include that for like Lake Placid? Like um, so, I mean, for Nice, for example, that was mm -hmm. a course where you're going to get out of the saddle you're going to be out of the bars a lot so yes you're exactly right i would do something Mix like four times 10 minutes um i have a set that i do with my guys where we'll do 10 minutes just in the bars as much as they can be or out of the bars if they need to be just big gear kind of steady 10 minutes up to the top and then they come back down the second set they do 20 seconds out of the saddle pretty hard and then they sit without getting in the bars, but sit for the next 40 seconds, 20 seconds out of the saddle, mm -hmm. sit for 40 seconds, and up that same hill, easy back down to the bottom, and then you repeat that set again. One, and you can do that on your trainer too. You can do that in the trainer. You can do that if you've got a compu trainer or a kicker or whatever, you can, you can absolutely simulate um, any hill 
by and, using your gearing and yeah. the levels. And if you have the, the course profile, you can have a look at that too and like adjust it and see how long the climb would probably go for. So that's something good you used to be able to do with Combi Trainer, but you, I don't think they have that anymore. I don't know. But you can definitely go and have a look at the course like outlay and see what the... You always should actually. That's a great oh, point. Oh, for sure. Always look at the course profile so you can train specifically... Like there course. is an 8% climb that goes for 10 miles. Okay, that's going to take me like 20, 30 minutes. So I'm going to be, and it's really like 8%. You almost are, you can't stay out of the seat for that long, for that longer period. So you want to be grinding like in the seat or in the bars, like mix it up. Another way to do it if you are at home, you could do, and this is all assuming that you guys have already done big gear work and you're used to it, would be, yeah, like Siri said, you could go, um, if you're doing like a, a six minutes of um, strength work, you could go two minutes at 70 um, in the bars, then two minutes at 70 um, seated, but you can usually drop back even, you know, lower when you're in the seat, you can just mix it up, then go back to the bars, time trial bars, and back to the seated position and just mix it up, like do one or two minutes of each position. Yeah, awesome. And, and when you look at the course profile, what's great about that is you so, can you can do that on your wind trainer. Okay, you can, like Beck said, okay, it looks like it's gonna be a 30 minute climb where the steepest bit's gonna be at the top. And you can create a session on your wind trainer that is going to simulate that. And I would, I like to make things even harder than what I'm gonna get on race day. We talked about that a few live chats ago about um, training uh, Loretta Harrop and Susan Williams for the Olympics in 2004 in Athens. We were training the course on the CompuTrainer, and it was way harder than the actual oh, you course. Said that. Yeah. And they ended up absolutely crushing. They won the silver and the bronze medal in Athens. Um, and I believe that part of that was that the CompuTrainer was off and made that course so much harder than it actually was in reality. That on race day, it just they felt amazing. So that now makes me think <laughs> that let's make things a little bit harder than you're even going to experience on race day and that will make race day feel a lot more fun and you'll feel a lot better as well. And for those guys that living in the flat areas like Florida, I keep saying Florida because I have two athletes that live there, but um, yeah, you guys don't have hills, you can't train on hills. So using like big gear work and strength work is imperative on the bike and you could absolutely get your strength work on a trainer. Oh, on a trainer. Hang on a sec, we've got someone knocking at our door. Um, yeah, you can absolutely get that strength work on the trainer. So you just if it, if it doesn't feel low enough RPM, then it means your trainer's just not set on a high enough intensity. So, okay? sorry. Uh, sorry, guys, we had a little had a little visitor there. Okay, Siri, let the dogs out. <laughs> okay, so I'm so sorry, guys. So our beautiful ranch hand. Raul is here and they're just having a conversation and it's really noisy. I'm really sorry, you guys. <laughs> uh, okay, so we've talked about strength work off-season. Do you guys have any more questions uh, about training in off-season or coming into season? Um, I hope we helped you a little bit with that. Um, let us know if you have any more questions. I'm so sorry. Siri, can you open the door and let the dogs out? Yeah. Um, okay, so now they're not barking. Great. Um, any more questions, let us know. I'm hungry. Yeah. Nicole, if you're hungry, you should be eating. Now, these, I was told these are not too bad for you because it says grain-free. I know they're organic and they're non-GMO. So they're probably the healthiest unhealthy um, 
tortilla chips you can get. That's what we're eating, you guys, and some hummus, organic hummus here. Um, so let us know, you guys, any more questions. Otherwise, I'll probably tune out. Excuse that dog noise. Let's see. When we come back to Roth, oh my gosh, we were, we were just talking about doing like a holiday each year once series healthy. And um, that's definitely a bucket list, Dom. We'd love to go to Germany and Switzerland and go back to Alpe d'Huez and Lausanne and Lausanne where we both won um, races and um, explore Europe um, without having to do triathlons um, spread out, carrying our bikes everywhere. With it. Although we'd love to use, use our bikes while we're there because we'd love to just go back to our old stomping grounds. So hopefully that will happen soon. Oh, one other thing, you guys, um, anyone tuning in from Europe, probably not right now, but Yvonne is going to be doing uh, a Wednesday, 12.30, our time, mountain time, American time, 12.30 Wednesdays every single month. Um, she's going to be doing a live chat for our Europeans. I think it's 8.30 on Wednesday in Europe uh, once a week, once a month. So that's pretty awesome. Um, we have our camp coming up. We're going to be going live a lot from the camp. Siri is going to be instructing live from her lounge room. She's not allowed out of the house. Um, we have 20 of our guys. It's amazing. We have 20 people coming into Colorado. They're doing a dinner on Friday. And then we're starting at 6.30 with our bike session. We're doing a swim as well um, at lunchtime and then a long run and a long, a long swim on Sunday. And we have amazing weather. It's going to be up to 50 degrees and sunny. So we're really excited. We will make sure we tune in a lot for you guys so you guys can see um, what we're doing and and catch everybody at the camp so if we don't have any more questions i'm going to say happy new year you guys we love you so much hopefully my wife gets to come back in and say happy new year um she's saying happy new year to our ranch hand right now who's been our absolute savior um thank you all for an amazing year it's our third year in the club and we're so grateful we want to make it a bigger and better next year we have some exciting stuff that we will announce new year's day or maybe the day after um, but we wanted to keep it really specific uh, for the sport um, tonight on our live chat. So, Happy New Year, Raul! Happy New Year! <laughs> we love you, Raul. Um, Siri's going to come on and say Happy New Year. And Gabby, Merle, Nicole, Lisa. Oh, Lisa! Karen! Okay. I said Happy New Year to some people, but you want to say Happy New Year's? Cause Happy New Year to all of you. We love and appreciate you all so very much. There's and you know what else? On. I also... love that we're not the only ones that don't have a life. I'm <laughs> just kidding, guys. We <laughs> also believe in each and every one of you and all of your dreams and all of your goals. We wish you so much love, good health, blessings, and all the very best wishes, not only for this coming year, but for every year onwards and we just love and appreciate you we celebrate you today and every day so thank you happy new year and have um, a wonderful night of planning all your dreams coming true and we wish you blessings and love thank you for all the love you've been sending my wife we really feel it it. we're really grateful we love you all and for those coming to camp can't wait to see you love you all so much Bye. happy new year Hey there, Cam here again. Thanks for listening. Great way to start 2020 is with a Tri-Club membership or even a Team Series Tri-Club training plan. You can grab one of those over at the website, teamseriestriclub.com.